0: It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number thirty-six. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited about this week's edition. Week two of the college football season has come and gone, and the Golden Gophers are two and zero and lead the entire country in most yards gained per game and fewest yards allowed per game. That's a hefty combo. And we have the leader of the University of Minnesota football team, quarterback Tanner Morgan with us for the first half of our Go Gopher podcast. I know you're going to enjoy going behind the curtain and learning more in detail about the fast start to the season and more about Tanner Morgan, the great person. In our second half of the podcast, it's my pleasure to welcome to the show for the first time the voice of Golden Gopher volleyball on the radio, Tanner Hoops. You also hear him on our Gopher football radio broadcast each week, providing score hosting the halftime show, and doing pre- and post-game segments. Occasionally, you'll also hear him call a gopher basketball game. We'll get his insight on the 6th-rated gopher volleyball team, how he spent this past summer calling baseball, and most importantly, we hear his tremendous life story and how he got to where he is and how the University of Minnesota played such a big role. It's Tanner and Tanner in Episode 36 straight ahead. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisor and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone. And True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no cost, no obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. The Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm is also supported by Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union. Such an amazing company of Golden Gopher backers. We're so glad to be affiliated with Affinity Plus, a local Minnesota credit union providing all of your banking needs, including a top-ranked mobile app. And they do so much in the community as well. They also sponsor our player profile segment within this podcast, which is coming up and features Tanner Morgan. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm agent Tony Hoagland at ChamplinInsurance.com. Tony's a big gopher fan, and can't wait to hear from quarterback Tanner Morgan here in a bit. I invite you to subscribe to our podcast. It's free to click the subscribe button. You can listen for free at any time. You can also go back to listen to previous podcasts. That includes last week's show. We talked with Gopher senior linebacker Mariano Marin and Gopher beat writer Andy Greeter from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. This week, let's talk Gopher football to start the Go Gopher podcast episode 36. Golden Gopher signal caller Tanner Morgan is our opening guest, and here's our con. Conversation. It's episode thirty-six, the Go Gopher Podcast. Mike Grimm with you, and the Golden Gopher quarterback is Tanner Morgan. A return trip, we think you were guest two or three way back in January and we started this podcast. That was on a Zoom. Yeah. In person here on campus. Good to see you, sir. It's great to see you too. Um, two and oh. That's gotta feel pretty good two weeks yeah. into the season.
1: Definitely a good feeling. But we gotta continue to get better. You know, there's a lot of work to do, and you know, we're excited to, you know, continue to do that and continue to look at the ways we can improve and Every week's a championship week, so just focus on this week.
0: What is that fine line, too, in games like this? I mean, let's face it. You you've faced a couple teams that are in rebuild modes with 1st mm-hmm. coaches, and you did what good teams do, and that's just make no doubt about it. You go out, you beat them. Hopefully you gain confidence, you feel good, you feel comfortable. Um, so... Feeling good, but yeah. also knowing that, hey, the competition is going to stiffen up. And as you mentioned, there are some places that, that each week, I'm sure coaches point out that not just you personally, but as a, mm-hmm. as a group, um, you know, there's some improvement. So what's that For sure, to being confident, but also understanding that, you know, there's there's places to get better?
1: Yeah, I think you always have to be confident, right? Because when you're not confident, your chances of succeeding uh, drastically decrease. Um, but you're confident knowing that you're you've done everything you can to change your best And give yourself the best chance to be successful as a player and as a team, right? And so, you know, for us, we're always confident. And, you know, we know that it all comes down to executing the game plan better than we did last week and executing this game plan better than we did the week before that, the week before that, et cetera. But uh, you you draw confidence from preparation. So when you're prepared, you know what you're doing. It allows you to play confidently. Um, And that's a, a huge thing. Play confident, play fast, allows you to, you know, use your abilities and talents way better, but you always know that anybody can beat you on any given Saturday and you have to be at your best uh, each and every week. So you, you're right. There is that fine line, but w- when you're not playing confident, you know, the
0: chances of succeeding go way down. What um, I'll put you on the spot right away here on the go, go for, I love it. So you're um, you're two and 0 you've outscored teams a hundred to 10. And Let's face it. In the you know, there's in the recent past, there's been some close shaves in non-conference games. Yeah. nothing's been close about either of these. You guys were clearly out there. Is in your mind, is it? Are you guys that much better? Do you think than previous years? Did the philosophy change? Like, hey, we're just gonna put it to somebody. Uh, with the competition different. Where where do you think that falls in line with? 100 to 10. That hasn't been the case. in, in now you've only lost one non conference game in your career. So it's right. not as if you're stubbing your toe every week, but there's been close shaves. Over yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, we've definitely, you know, cut a lot of those games close. And I think it comes down to, uh, you know, Coach Fleck really emphasized in a game uh, and also during a season is starting fast, accelerating the middle, and finishing strong and highlighting that there's been times where we haven't really started fast, you know, and, and our, um, tenure of being here we haven't started fast whether we should have we haven't been ready and um you know coach Fleck had us prepared to play those games uh through training camp um you know our coach did a great job of preparing us and we just went out there and and played ball and executed the game plan um but you know embrace from your, learn from your past to create your future right embrace your past and so we embraced the fact that we weren't you know where we should have been at the beginning of the season in years past and uh, we weren't Doing the things that we should have done to win those games. Um, and so, Coach Fleck, again, had us prepared to go out these first two weeks and really start fast. And uh, it's the players and, and coaches' thing. But, you know, for the, our player mentality, we just went out there and played ball. Doesn't matter who we're playing, it's about us at the end of the day. We got to be better last week, this week than we were last week. And we have to be at our best and execute. And that's what it's all about
0: um, from a player standpoint. Was it, do you think too strategically maybe it was a bit more of an aggressive, certainly Saturday a bit more of an aggressive non-conference game plan? We've seen maybe, I'm not trying to say that like coaches don't want to show anything, but I think there is mm-hmm. a point sometimes coaches will say, hey, we, you know, let's not show too much. And then all of a sudden you're in a tight game where right. it looked like, I mean, you're throwing bombs to, to Chris Altman Bell in the second quarter. You got like a four play drive. All of a sudden it's, you know, 28 to three. But did you, did you, catch a difference there and
1: just philosophically too maybe? Yeah, I definitely think we came out uh, aggressive. And, uh, you know, for us it's all about, you know, we're a balanced offense from a offensive perspective is, you know, if we need to run for 300 or throw for 300, we can do it, right? And, you know, we have the playmakers. Uh, we're prepared to do whatever it's needed to to win a game. And, you know, for us I think in this last week – uh, we had some opportunities to go make plays on the outside, and uh, Coach Soraka put us in situations situation to go do it, and then our players did it, and that's what it really was all about, and uh, just being
0: aggressive and taking those shots and having those opportunities to go out there and make plays. Love the third quarter, too. You come out, you get Mo the 100 yards, and then tell him, uh, take his helmet, he's done for the day. <laughs> I'm sure that's a good feeling. I mean, I'm sure if you – you know, and you had the same thing, and I think a series later where, all right, you're done, and I suppose there's like, gosh, I would like to keep playing, but – um, There also has to be a feeling of gratification, like my job's done, I can relax and watch my teammates now the rest of the way.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, you always want to continue to play, but uh, when you get the, you know, you get pulled from a game because you're winning, uh, it's a good feeling, you know that the game, you know, is in good standings, and then it's exciting to see the other guys go in there and play ball, uh, and that's a cool thing for me, to see those guys go out there, spin the rock around, and guys on the outside, you know, go make plays, and See different alignment, different backs. It's cool because those guys have earned the opportunity to go do that and you know, for them to go in there and, and play in, in games to, to go and
0: uh, do that is pretty cool. We've seen Cole Kramer, of course, play and have impact, especially mm-hmm. in his situation where he would run in short yardage situations mm-hmm. and extend drives and melt games away a couple of times, right? Yeah. Um, we haven't seen Ethan much other than the spring game in terms of let really kind of getting a chance. He got to hand the ball off a couple of times in the yeah. opener. Um, I thought it was fun to see him cut it loose a little. Three bullets. Uh, oh got yeah. Clear Gary a couple times and then. Uh, I thought it might have been a touchdown to Dalen, right, down to the goal line. And then he ended up, Ethan got the touchdown. Um, and you've talked about in the past at the quarterback room, you know, in terms of the competition, it's you know, competing with, not against. And mm-hmm. you were one of the first guys to pat him on the helmet, Ethan, when he came off the sideline converting that drive. Um, you know, as a guy who watches that from the sideline, what was your emotion watching him get a chance to, to show yeah. what he could do?
1: Yeah, I think it was, uh, man, it was awesome. Just talking to him before the drive is like, hey, man, like, you're ready. Just go play ball. Uh, he had a big grin on his face. He's super excited. Um, and then seeing him out there executing the plays, uh, you know, drop some dimes on people and um, and get in there with the QB sneak was awesome. So it was cool to see him go in there, get his first college completion, uh, and then lead the team down there for a touchdown by executing and doing his job Uh, and really playing quarterback that's what it's all about and he did a a fantastic job and it was cool to see him do that
0: was the play maybe you don't want to get too uh, in detail the play to Brevin Spanford the beautiful touchdown where he (laughs) was you know basically uncovered and then uh, sprinted in was that a special or is that normally in the playbook Uh,
1: I mean it's something that you know we we have it just depends if you know again anytime you're game planning a team it depends on if you carry certain things and so you know, that week we thought that it was something we could we could run, and obviously it was successful.
0: Yeah, so I, I, if I remember right, you faked, faked to that side of the field and then rolled opposite and then just spun and yeah. looked, and that was, that's I'm assuming how it was all supposed to work. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it worked exactly how it was one of those moments where you draw something up and um, hope it works out that
0: way, and that one certainly certainly did. Um, a couple of other plays uh, you talked about in the press conference uh, the, the over kind of the over play to uh, to Altman Bell he got it mm-hmm. to the three and then the one that maybe wasn't the same route but it was a similar kind of play to Dalen Wright you just right. missed it I think he got maybe caught between steps take me through the the exercise of knowing who you're throwing to and, yeah. and how to get it to a guy and you talked a little about that in the news conference and I'm fascinated by it. you forget all the things a quarterback has to remember the play the call from the sidelines what's a defense look like. And then and in the middle of the throw, you're like, oh, this is Dale, and I have to throw him maybe a different look than Chris <laughs> Altman-Bell or Michael Brown-Stevens or right. whoever else.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, we always talk about KYP, know your personnel, and understanding what's their strength, and then, um, you know, when you have a timing throw, uh, it definitely matters you know, whether they're running it off steps or yards or whatever it may be, um, to understand when that guy's going to hit that point of when I need to get the ball out of my hands and Um, You know, a guy like Dalen covers a lot of ground really quickly. Uh, He's a long strider, um, very similar to how Rashad Bateman uh, ran his routes. And, um, you know, they eat up a lot of ground really fast. So his, um, you know, deep slant route might be different than Chris's or Mike's. Uh, Chris is a super physical runner. Mike's got a lot of feet, a lot of speed, you know, understanding – uh, those guys when you're throwing them deep balls especially makes a big difference and then understanding too if it's a timing like an inbreaker, breaker an out breaker when I need to get it out of my hand uh, is is uh, crucial
0: for sure as you are through two games, um, what is the comfort level now? To me, and P.J. talked about this early, way, when he first started, I remember even when when uh, Demary Croft and, and, and uh, Connor Rota were battling it out, uh, yeah. you were on the scout team, right, that mm-hmm. year, I think, the scout team quarterback. And P.J. oftentimes would refer, even if the decision necessarily by the quarterback was the wrong decision, he wanted a decisive decision, which sounds almost redundant, but it's not because you can make a decision indecisively as well, mm-hmm. but he wanted a decisive decision. Um, and I think that has been one of your strengths over the years. And I don't know if you got away from it or whatever. I mean, the game's plans were so different, <laughs> but to me, it looks like you're ready. You know where yeah. to go the, the ball's been on time, on target, and you just have a, a comfort to you for the first two weeks here. Would you Would you? Uh, yeah. assess
1: that for me? Yeah, man, I totally agree. Um, You know, I think playing quarterback, there's a lot of split-second decisions you have to make as long as you're confident. Again, like I said earlier, the chances of being successful go way up. And, you know, playing fast and confident uh, in what you're seeing allows you to most of the time make a play work. Uh, Making a play work could be two different things. It could be throwing number one, or it could be turning down one early and getting to two based on the coverage. But, uh, you know, I think I'm – Man, I'm just super grateful, honestly, um, that I get to be in this position and, and you know, be the quarterback here for the Gophers. And, you know, I've had a, a long career so far and um I'm grateful that I get to be around my teammates every day, that I get to do this. I get to show up and uh play football every day. And when you think about that, it it you know makes things a lot easier, puts things into perspective a lot better. And, you know, I get to get I get to go home and uh see my wife, yeah. you know, who's fantastic and you know, God's just uh been so great uh, to me in my life and you know, the fact that he uh, still has me here at the University of Minnesota playing football is something that I don't take lightly and, and it's a huge blessing, which I think allows me to just play with a lot of peace, man. And, um, you know, the, I feel really good about, you know, the whole off season's been great and, uh, you know, just understanding what we want to accomplish and, you know, there's just a lot of peace in that. And at the end of the day, football's fun. And it allows you to play fun when you play with a clear mind. And it's really what I'm working to do each and every day.
0: You had so much success early in your career with the run pass option. And, and again, I don't know all of what goes into game plans and how it works. It looks like you're back to that comfort level in between. Was, there, was it less run pass option, would you say? Or maybe you don't want to go into that? Or Yeah, or? I think, um, you know, I think we were, you know, it was obviously a little bit of a,
1: a different scheme. And, uh some things that we were you know wanting to do and we were uh doing some run pass options but they were different and um you know necessarily the reads were uh different than what we were what we were looking at and um you had a good run blocking line yeah and you know we we were able to run the ball really well extremely well and uh i think too um you know that especially last year i could have you know i i think i could have played a lot better um and you know, obviously, schematically, it's different. And, uh again, I feel really comfortable right now. I've learned from the past where
0: I, um, you know, wasn't at my best and what I need to do to get at my best. It looks great. I mean, it's fun watching. Even that first pass of the season, I was like – I mean, it, it's almost like you put on the old suit, right? It's like just this comfort level <laughs> yeah. look. It's like, whoa, yeah. I've seen this before. Yeah, man. You it's, know, it, it's it was like,
1: amazing. It's like throwing on, you know, the – the Nike Air Max, the dad sneakers when you're going to cut the lawn <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Yeah. feels just, good. Just that comfort yeah. level
0: for sure. And they're like eight, six, we'll call them six-year-old shoes like you're here, here, here. Exactly. Here, yeah,
1: exactly. Like a couple grass stains, um, you know.
0: <laughs> so the first, I think it was a first or second pass, it ended up being a sideline route to Altman Bell. I wanted to ask you about this because upstairs, as, as I'm calling it, Chris had him beat like four or five steps. So yeah. is, is that, um, was that just a design play to go out or is that yeah. a re? Cause I think if he just keeps running, it's a touchdown. It right? would have been. Yeah. Uh, it, but is that a pre-call? I'm just curious. I'm yeah, always fascinated so, by this.
1: So, you know, there, we have different routes of where, when we give guys options, that wasn't one of them. That was a set route uh, based on the way that their, their alignment was with their corner and, We got the completion, but, I mean, man, he would have ran right by the guy. And so I was just like, hey, wish we would have had go-called. We got 16 yards. All right, let's
0: go. Perfect. Yeah, take the next snap and move
1: on. Yeah, it's just one of those things you laugh at when you watch the film. Like, ah. Man, it's too bad we didn't call go. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, he, he had him torched, right? Yeah, it was, fun. It was great route. Yeah. Now you have um, last year. You had to uh, throw to a bunch of different guys. Some's out of necessity. Chris was, was injured. Some and some new guys, and um, and then Dalen missed some time for personal reasons. And now all those guys you've really been able now to spend another, you know, season with the off season. And, you know, some of the guys you're clearly familiar with, I think it was what, eight different receivers you hit in the opener and something like that again mm-hmm. the other day. Um, how do you, how do you handle, you know, knowing that you got a few weapons now to, uh, to feed the football?
1: It's a pretty good feeling. Yeah. Um, you know, knowing that we got a lot of guys that we trust to go out there and make plays. Right. And, um, Again, for me, it all comes down to like just executing the play and whoever's open, throw them the ball at the end of the day, whether that's a running back on the check down or whether that's a a post to Chris or whatever it may be. I mean, I'm not in a force mode. I'm just throwing it to the open guy. And at the end of the day, give them the ball and let them go do what they get paid to do and go make plays. And the read's the read,
0: right, at the end of the day? So even like the first play of the season, because I I had a lot of people comment like, oh, man, it was so great to see him throw, like break a tendency. But – that that could have been a handoff right if you yeah. read it
1: differently yeah or if the, you know the defense played a different coverage it definitely could have been a handoff
0: so it wasn't i mean it was nice to see but it wasn't yeah. necessarily like you were thinking to yourself we're going to throw on the first play just to break tendency yeah
1: no i mean we we were anticipating a certain coverage that formation where we could get it in there yeah. um but uh, you know can't assume everybody knows what a, what assuming does and, yeah. and so it, at the end of the day we just anticipated it and we got it and that's what it all is about. You can't assume you got to anticipate what the defense is going to do if they do something different. you got to react to, um, which is the fun chess match of playing
0: football. Yeah, and i'm a, I'm always as a you know, trying to follow play to play. I'm always fascinated by all of this stuff. And we had Kirk Shiraka on the podcast uh, in this in the springtime. and I asked him about the uh, Rashad Bateman touchdown um to that you threw to him in the Penn State game that that, mm-hmm. that touchdown which set the tone for the whole game maybe my favorite play um you know outside of you guys and running getting the axe a couple of times out yeah. my favorite play of my time here and for much of that time i thought the genius of the play was well you brought in the extra blocker and so they were expecting Ron, and then you knew that. But then Kirk said, no, the the, that, the blocking scheme had nothing to do with it. And I'm like, well, I don't know anything then. <laughs> and he talked about how close that play – the safety actually covered a little better than, than oh, everybody did. thought it would, and you just slipped it by. But Shannon picking up the blitz. Yep. And then, uh, But it wasn't necessarily – I thought, oh, man, they brought in six to full Penn State. But you just liked whatever the defensive read was. Yeah. Walk me through what you remember about that play.
1: Yeah, so um... – it was it was uh, you know one of their zone pressures that they brought that uh, was giving us trouble er- earlier in the week of you know from a quarterback perspective of identifying it because um, it, it's a great disguise. And they had
0: Micah Parsons, right? Yes,
1: they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so Coach uh, Coach Soraka found the tip of how he knew it was coming, and he drew up this play. This is what we're going to call versus this. I'm going to check this play. Uh, and then it was a two-z-tail coverage, so the the boundary safety has to run all the way to the field and play that deep half. So you have all that green grass because the field corner traps, so he comes inside, and so Rashad runs free for about 20 yards before anybody's near him. Well, that boundary safety took off a little quicker um, and almost made a play on the ball, but Rashad had great concentration, picked it up, and scored. But it was one of those things where if he saw that, he was going to check this because it's a pressure that could give you trouble, and then we had to answer for it and uh he checked it we got the touchdown and they didn't
0: run the blitz again and so. that was one of their key over the course of their successful season was yeah the blitz package and they didn't run it again definitely it, yeah. it was a,
1: it was a huge change up for them that's you know an aggressive change up cuz it's a, a blitz that comes uh it's it's a little unusual um and it's it looks like you're getting man coverage uh and they ended up going to uh-huh. to the to play the 2Z tilt and and
0: we got the got the touchdown out of it. It was awesome. What a fun day that was for sure. Um, Let me uh, give a real quick promotional mention here. Affinity Plus is your local credit union proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. We're glad they're joined us here as a sponsor and a partner on the Go Gopher podcast. As a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, you're eligible to join this financial. It wants to build a meaningful banking relationship. It puts you first. You can meet with a local employee at any of their branches statewide, including right off campus, just on University in Minneapolis, just a, a block from the stadium. You You can uh, learn more or find out other ways to connect with them by going to affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, federally insured by the NCUA, and uh, they do great work in the community and a proud Gopher sponsor. So you mentioned that you were, uh, you know, you go home to your wife now, Yeah, right? You're a married college student. How has that been going? You got married in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. So how is married life treating the the young Tanner Morgan? Oh,
1: man, Uh, it's been awesome. Uh, Really, I I have zero complaints and... Um you know my wife 's a rock star, and you know she does a fantastic job with everything that she does around the around the apartment and uh all that kind of stuff she's i mean d i y she's the best at that i mean she built like our bed frame, a table, and all this kind of stuff she's the chairs, so it's fun to to go home and see her. You know, I was in training camp and I came home and she had like four, she'd been working like six hours on some chairs and I'm like, man, you're grinding. It's, you know, but, uh, it's, it's the best, man. I get, I love being able to get home and, uh, to see my wife when all the films watched and all that's said and done and just
0: spend some time with her makes life pretty good. I think you've uh, mentioned publicly before how you guys met. Remind us again how, how the connection was.
1: Yeah. So we actually lived in the same building, um, uh, while she was a gopher and then, uh, I followed her on Instagram. Maybe was not uh, bold enough to, you know, shoot my shot earlier on. Uh, she was in Australia doing a mission trip. She came like a three-month uh, mission trip thingy, and came back and uh, shot her a DM that I really loved uh, her faith. Thought it was inspiring to me, and then we ended up talking, and the connection just really started
0: from there, and that's how we met. That's amazing. Like back in the day, right? You're you're somewhere, and you ask if you can take a girl to dinner or buy a drink or whatever. Now it's just sliding into the DMs, right? <laughs> that's how the, that's how hey, you youngsters are meeting. You know, now. the, the, the slide in the
1: DMs led to a <laughs> date at Cove and Wazetta and the rest is history. Rest is history. So that's great.
0: That's awesome. Um, what do you? Uh, what, what is her interest? What is? Uh, what is? What is she? You mentioned she, uh, you know, is a woman of faith and had yeah. a mission. And what, what's? 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 What is she up to while the star quarterback is yeah. out, okay, getting to practice every day and playing uh, games?
1: Yeah, uh, she's currently a, a full time nanny, um, yeah, nice. and she's great with the kids. So it's always fun for me uh, to watch her and, uh, you know, get to be around them sometimes too with the kids. I think it's it's awesome. They were the yeah, they walked down the aisle at our wedding. So it was pretty cool. And then, uh, she's, uh, a graphic designer too. So she's great at all that kind of stuff. Um, so she watches kids and all kinds of graphic design stuff. And, you know, she's, she's super talented at that. And, uh, She's just a joy to be around, and she lights up any room that she walks in and makes you feel like you've known her for 10 years.
0: That's awesome. And Def. and now your family still gets to come to the games, and yeah. uh, they've integrated her into the family, too, I suppose. No right. doubt. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's great. Now, when you guys do the, I think you mentioned this, the stadium walk, when you get to the stadium, mm-hmm. uh, your mom now, is she in the same spot as she always is?
1: Uh, for the most part. She'll text me like, hey, I'm in the left or whatever so it is. Get to see yeah, I get to get to see my my wife and uh, get to see my mom, which makes things pretty cool. Yeah.
0: So now you got to get tickets for your mom and your wife. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Up, no doubt. Well, hey, cool. We will uh, let you go. Uh, we it's it's so fun to always catch up, give us good, you know, kind of lift the curtain a little bit. To yeah, give some Gopher fans uh, some thoughts. You have some things too, right? With the NIL, what what's what? You got anything cooking that you? Can
1: yeah, uh, one thing I'd love to promote is. Um, If you go on my Instagram, uh, there's a recent post about um, these custom hats that we're doing to raise money for the Angel Foundation, which is an incredible foundation that uh, provides money to families who have a loved one uh, with cancer. And that's, you know, support on information financially. Um, I mean, they're a fantastic foundation. It's something that I'm really passionate about with, uh, you know, what me and my family have been through. And um, so I think, you know, to be able to uh support them is awesome. They're, the hats are awesome too. Nice trucker hats, all kinds of different gopher colors. Yeah. You know, some some uh uh black ones too but um you know it's it's a fantastic foundation and um all of those proceeds go straight to the Angel Foundation. So um you know I'll I'll be posting more about it. Um well my wife will be posting more about it on my Instagram. Just type in Tanner Morgan on Instagram. I think it's okay, search will find it. Yeah, I think it's T. I guess T underscore Morgan two, but I could be wrong. Okay. you know, I, we'll find it. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll find it. But there'll be more information coming out about it. But again, that foundation's awesome and. Uh, any support there would be really appreciated.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. We also today for appearing on our show, our sponsor, we mentioned Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union earlier, uh, and they want to support Gopher football and Gopher athletics. So uh, when we get uh, a guy like Tanner Morgan on, we've got a hundred dollar <laughs> right prepaid on. Visa gift card. Well, I appreciate so it. Thank you, you, you very date much. With your uh, wife some night. There we go. I love it. Awesome. Thank you, Grimmy. And thank you, Affinity Plus. Good to see you. There he is. Yeah. That's Gopher Field General Tanner Morgan. Very impressive. Our thanks to him and our thanks to Affinity plus for sponsoring our gopher player profile segment on the go gopher podcast we shift gears and talk gopher volleyball and other things with gopher radio's tanner hoops After a word from Tony. Hey, Gopher fans, this is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. We are super excited to be part of the new Mike Grimm Show on Talk North. For the year of 2022, we will be donating $10 to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonics Hospital for everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North and the Mike Grimm Show. We are really excited again that Mike came on board with Talk North. You can reach us at 763-421-4900. You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, 763-421-4900 or find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Roll the boat. Sky UMA, go Gophers. Episode 36 rolls on. It's the Tanner and Tanner edition of our Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm. Tanner Morgan, the Golden Gopher quarterback in segment one. And now the voice of Golden Gopher volleyball on the radio, Tanner Hoops joins us. He also joins us each week on the Gopher football broadcast. And uh, Tanner, good to see you.
2: Hey, great to see you, Mike. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, this is year two for you now with the Gopher Radio Network. And uh, we brought you on board last year to do Gopher Volleyball, the home matches, and then into the postseason. And, of course, you have a big role in our pregame and halftime and postgame shows of Gopher football. And how have you liked your time on the Gopher Radio Network?
2: Oh, I've loved it. It's great to be back, get back up here. And, you know, year two, you've uh, got some things that, you know, you can uh, clean up, learn from from year one. So I'm excited to get deeper into this one and and get deeper into the season. Football, volleyball, both off to great starts and really excited to see where both those teams end up.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Football, of course. Uh you miss week one because you're doing baseball in the summer. You're also the voice of the Sioux Falls Canaries. Uh, how much fun did you have of following uh those guys around playing hardball? I loved it. You know, I'm a big baseball guy and you know, it really
2: is a childhood dream where you get to spend every day at a stadium, you know, traveled cool parts of the country, left the country a couple of times. And, you know, I'm appreciative of everybody here that was able to make that work, you know, in the meantime and uh help me out. Uh, but I tell you what, it's uh, it was a, it was a really really fun experience. Something that I'm going to cherish forever. I look forward to next season. Uh, But 100 games in 115 days, that's a grind. So, you know, as much as I enjoy what I do, and believe me, I do, it is cool to get back to a different pace and, you know, not to be uh, called a game every day. You know, it it wears the old vocal cords a little bit.
0: Yeah, I would think too. Now, that is a league where you're going to ride some buses too. I bet there were some long nights on the bus. There was
2: the overnight trip on my birthday down to Cleburne, Texas, only to get there and none of the equipment's working. You know, I remember that trip in uh, particular. Uh, first 3M bus ride of my career came to Gary, Indiana. So yeah, yeah, we've had a few of them, but you know, you like uh, who you're working with makes it a lot easier.
0: Well, and there is an association, of course. One of our great sponsors here of the Go Go for Podcast is Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions, and Brian Slipka, you know, is kind of the CEO of all of those things, and he has an ownership stake his group in the Sioux Falls Canaries, so it's kind of cool. And what a great group of uh, of people to be in charge uh, of of the uh, baseball team, and they do a lot of great things, certainly in the Twin Cities. But it's fun that uh, they. Have a presence in Sioux Falls too with the with the team that you are the voice of.
2: Yeah, I didn't know that when I applied for it. You know, it was strangely enough, I didn't realize that they had acquired the uh, the team. Uh, but it was really cool how that worked out. You know, you got to play who you know with those guys, and Brian is fantastic, his entire staff is, and you know, he, he knows everybody, is what I'm learning uh as I come up here. He knows everybody in the cities, and sometimes he'd bring that down with us. You know, uh, we were doing a game. Uh, about three minutes before taking air about mid-July. And my intern is from Elk River, Minnesota, looks out our broadcast window, says, I think that's Nate Prosser, the old (laughs) wild player. I think that's Nate Prosser with Brian Slipkin. I'm like, there's no way. What would he be doing here? Uh, So, you know, he steps out for a minute. We're just about to take air. And I step out of the booth and kind of starstruck. There's Nate Prosser and his family there. A couple weeks later, look up during the seventh inning stretch, and there's Chad Greenway and the Jumbotron. Uh, leading the crowd and taking me out to the bowl game. So it was kind of cool, you know, just to see who he would bring in and kind of bring that flavor down to Sioux Falls with him. And then afterwards, having batting practice at midnight with Chad Greenway and those guys, wow. that was pretty fun too. That's yeah. something special.
0: No it's doubt, no doubt. And and of course, uh, Prosser has a podcast on this family of a podcast on Talk North. And in fact, I think Sunbelt is is a part sponsor of that show as well. So uh, certainly connections everywhere, uh, which is kind of fun. And yeah, the, the uh, Sunbelt people with uh, with their uh, serving and giving slogan, that's uh, it's awesome what they do, and we're we're glad to have them associated with our podcast here, the Go Gopher Podcast. Um, so you're riding the the, the uh, around in the summer on the on the buses, the Sioux Falls Canaries. What was your highlight moment of the summer in terms of uh, maybe a call or a game?
2: You know, it's tough to tell. Uh, certainly, both of those opportunities were something special for me. I got to call my first pro walk-off in a game where if you told me that an hour earlier, I would have thought you were insane. We were down thirteen to two in the fifth inning and came back to walk off. You know, that to me was something special. You know, it was my first one plus the way that we did it, uh, certainly is a highlight for me, but um, you know, there's a lot of memories I could go through and list, but that one I, I think is the one I'm going to go with.
0: Yeah, great. That's that's amazing. All right, so let's talk some Gopher Volleyball. Um, you have a game, as we tape this on Tuesday afternoon, you have a game to announce on the Gopher Radio Network, and you can find it locally.
2: Yeah, we've got uh, K-Pan Plus. we got Hot 102, a few of the stations that carry us.
0: Yeah, very good. And then the Varsity Network app can also uh, be where you can get the, uh, the Gopher Volleyball matches. And so the question is, um, you've got one Thursday with Pepperdine. And then Saturday with Washington State. Um, this team is off to a four and two start. They're ranked sixth in the country, and you think, oh, four and two, you know what's going on? Well, it's to like the number one and number what nine teams in the country. They're playing a great tough schedule. What's your impression been so far of the uh, Gopher volleyball team?
2: I really like this team. And, you know, I said going into the offseason, talking to just a few people, uh, you don't get better by subtracting somebody like Stephanie Samity. You know, how can this team expect uh, to go further without you know a player like that? They look a lot more balanced. I'll say that they look a little more comfortable distributing the ball a little. And uh, I, I tell you, I really like the upside of this team. Taylor Landfair was the number one overall recruit in the country a couple of years ago. She was limited to nine games last year with uh, abdominal tear. And, you know, we have a really good recruiting class that's coming. And made an immediate impact. Uh, so I really like this group. I really do. I think they're balanced. I think they're deep. Uh, this is a group that, again, the two losses this year, they've come to two really good teams. You go back to the Texas match, uh, committed 19 service errors in that game. That's unacceptable if you're going to go on the road and beat the number one team. But we did out hit them. You know, a lot of these uh these big programs, you know, we continue to take steps to get there. And really the only thing missing. Uh, with this program, is you know that national championship, and I really think we're in the position uh, where we're knocking off enough of these teams, or are playing with these teams uh, to the point where you can consider the Gophers the cream of that crop, and right there in the title con- uh, conversation. I don't think this year's any different.
0: Yeah, and uh, and it's it's a situation too, right? In the Big Ten, that if you're a Big Ten title contender, you're legitimately a national title contender right now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The Big Ten for volleyball is no joke. You know, you've got the. The four that I feel like have separated themselves here early on being us, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Ohio State. I think you've got a tier just below that in terms of teams like uh, Penn State, Purdue, Illinois, uh, maybe Michigan falls in there. But even once you get below that. Any team can knock you off. I mean, the Big Ten is no joke, and I always say that for a lot of sports because it's true. Uh, you go on the road winning this conference, you got to be grateful for it no matter who you're playing. It's just it's not easy to win in this league, and I know that's the way that Hugh and his staff likes it. You know, they'd rather go through the meat grinder here early so we can celebrate a little bit deeper into into December.
0: Yeah, and I did notice, like, Penn State, right, they swept. Did they sweep here? Uh, they're 8-0. No. Uh, and so they're there maybe one of those teams trying to knock on that door to get in that uh, group of four that you cited, right?
2: Absolutely. Penn State is no joke. They've got some really talented players, albeit uh, they lost Russ Rose, you know, the sports old time leader, uh, you know, at this level in terms of wins. Um, that being said, they've got a really talented group there. I know they were hit by transfers a little bit. And I think they've surprised maybe even some in Happy Valley with the start they've had this season. But they're no joke, and they're going to be another team that's going to be right there toward the end.
0: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So what is it like at the uh, Maturi Pavilion? Uh, you've got the headphones on. You're calling the play-by-play. It's, you know, a couple of top ten teams on a given night. What's it like uh, being behind the mic? microphone and and calling volleyball.
2: It's really special. You know, I I was excited to have the opportunity to come here and uh, narrate this program story. I had done volleyball for a few years prior and uh, I tell you, volleyball had quickly become one of my favorites to call even before coming here. And when you get to follow a team like this, you know, that just adds to it. But volleyball really is a special sport. It's one that uh, oftentimes gets overlooked, I know, but uh, it is a lot of fun. To, you know, this team, the way that they play is a lot of fun to be able to cover. Maturi in and of itself is an atmosphere unlike any other. Tickets are so hard to get. You know, you got the sellouts uh, pretty much any given night. Uh, fans are there early. You know, the gates open at 6 uh, for a 7 o'clock match, and you're struggling to find a seat by like 6.15. You know, it adds a whole different element in and of itself. Student sections are always great, and, you know, we just – our game day staff, I tell you, they provide a wonderful atmosphere, do a great job getting that place ready.
0: Yeah, and you're uh, right. You're up in the crow's nest, right? So you got the bird's eye view. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Just being able to
2: look straight down, you know, that's, that's my favorite. You know, I don't know about – Uh, you, but elevated for me, the better uh, you're elevated, the better the broadcast
0: is. Yeah, I agree. And, and obviously in football, we're always elevated. But, you know, in hoops, they put us courtside at some places. And I know you have filled in. Uh, I mean, you've done a lot of games over the years. And for us, you filled in for both men's and women's broadcast. You were down in Asheville uh, last year calling that championship courtside and um, and a few other spots when you were filling in for JG um, on, on the women's side. And um, I, I prefer to be up off the floor. There's just too much commotion, too many people in the way. And uh, obviously, our perch at, at the barn is the best in the league, just because you're right at half court and you got a great overhead view. So I'm with you. I like the uh, I like the overhead look. You got the clear view, um, and quite frankly, you're a little out of the beast of the belly, which can get um, a little too hectic sometimes in terms of trying to describe the action. Because you try, in my case, I try to I try to describe everything I see, right? Because I can still, even at my advanced age, Tanner, I'm not a youngster like you. I can still talk fast on occasion, and so I try. To to describe everything and sometimes in your courtside, there's so much going on um it's like uh, the computer freezes for a second because you you know there's just sensory overload where you're removed from it a little bit from from that deck that second deck and and i think you can call a cleaner game at least that's my thought i don't know if that's kind of the uh, way you were headed with that thought too
2: oh absolutely you know and to add to that you're not wearing thick socks at the barn like you would (laughs) be at the cool center when they throw the tarp over the the hockey ice over there i I did that game for Guardsy last year on the women's side of things over there. And, you know, uh, Lynette tried to try to warn me, but ah, she wasn't kidding
0: yeah, cold, cold down there. Now for men, they put us in the hockey TV booth, so we do have a bird's eye view, and we're a long ways away. I joke that I need to put my football binoculars back in my broadcast bag when we go to um, when we go to Wisconsin, the Kohl Center. But again, I, I still prefer that, even though we're a ways away from there. I'm also a space guy. You know, when you work next to almost, a guy who's almost seven feet, I like space, and sometimes those courtside seats get a little cramped. And and so we're up high at Wisconsin, but we have a whole room to ourselves. Like I could host a party if I wanted and i've been tempted to um you know because that's what they do in wisconsin is host a party it's a big booth and for radio we got what we need so um so i i i'm a space guy and a uh and a up over the top guy in terms of the of the view is better than courtside and cramped
2: yeah yeah i'm the same way you know what we've got there at uh at the bank is wonderful and what we've got at the barn is wonderful you know and we're blessed with fantastic facilities over here and you know you you go out into Not minor league baseball, but uh, low level, um, unaffiliated uh, partner league baseball is probably the best way to put it. You know, you're not always getting those luxuries. So I do (laughs) appreciate getting to come back here and getting to getting to sample that again.
0: No doubt, and you of course have a roles in our pregame radio show, halftime as well, and then um, and then the postgame. Uh, indeed. Now, um, you and I, we we uh, you know sometimes we have to not say stuff like this because people here get mad. But you and I are both native Iowans, um, and you know I I am okay with saying that because I've been here long enough. So you probably still get some grief on it. Uh, Storm Lake, Iowa. Take me through your upbringing because you have had uh, over the years some challenges to get to where you are today, and there's a a pre- Pretty remarkable story behind it.
2: Yeah, I've lived in uh, storm like Iowa for most of my life, but uh, Minneapolis has always been somewhat of a second home. I was diagnosed with Marfan syndrome when I was three years old. And uh, as it turned out, I don't know if this is still the case, but at the time there were only four uh, research centers in the country that were devoted to Marfan syndrome. And one of them happened to be at the University of Minnesota. and That was obviously the closest. It's about a four hour drive. So I had been coming to the university for treatment, Uh, Every year since 1999, uh, sometimes more than once. And, you know, sometimes it would be a good year, health wise, what have you. But, you know, Marfan syndrome, I should explain, it's a connective tissue disorder. The biggest issue or the biggest worry is that your aorta is too large and the fact that it's growing. Uh, Once it grows to a certain point, you get the risk of rupture and aortic dissection. Uh, In my case, it was still growing at the time I had open heart surgery at the University of Minnesota back in 2016. Um, so what they did is they inserted in artificial plastic aorta and that's what I'm living with for the le- uh, rest of my life. Um, another part of that is, you know, you've got a detached retina. So your eyesight is, you know, really struggling. Anybody who spent time with me, you know, picks that up right away. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there's, there's treatments, there's uh somewhat experimental surgeries that are still, you know, in its infancy that, I have options uh, I have access to if I, you know, choose to go down that road and it's something I'm still exploring. Um, but it's things like that, you know, and it's something that really is still awfully rare. Uh, I think it's more undiagnosed than anything. You know, uh, 20 years ago, hardly anyone had ever heard of it. There were hardly documented cases and we've come a long way. Um, but, you know, it's it's all about knowing the signs and getting tested, because I think this is just something that a lot of people aren't familiar with that you know you find cases all the time where somebody uh gets tested because they have the symptoms and it turns out they've had it you know it's not something you catch or that you develop it's you know something that you're born with you have it or you don't Um, so i tell you i've been coming to the university for treatment for you know pretty much my entire life as long as i could remember And the University of Minnesota quite literally gave me a new lease on life. And that's what makes it more special for me is being able to come here to a place that, you know, so much my upbringing has been centered around and rooted in and be able to uh, narrate the athlete stories here to be able to, to be part of the school and give back. Uh, doing what I love in the process. To me that's something I can't understate how special
0: it's. Well yeah, man, you think about that. You're you're broadcasting from Huntington Bank Stadium and Maturi Pavilion and Williams Arena and what have you. And it's literally just a few blocks from the place that has that has given you a lease on life, so to speak. You have to think that's pretty cool when you come to work every day and, and you're, you're just a few blocks away from such a meaningful spot.
2: Yeah. It really hasn't been lost on me. You know, I, I go all by all these places that, you know, we, we would come on campus. I'd always point that out to my parents, you know, that'd be the highlight getting to see, uh, tcF bank as it was at the time you know right. the uh, Petrodome every once in a while but um, you get to see all these buildings and for me that was the highlight getting to see all the the arenas when I came here for you know surgeries or you know whatever checkups I, w- I had going on uh, and now to be able to be part of that community you know to go in and get literally get to uh, live out a childhood dream in those buildings. I can't underscore how special that
0: is. Well, I was, uh, you know, I grew up in Manchester, Iowa. You're across the state in Storm Lake. When I was seven, eight years old, I decided uh, I was listening to a guy named Ron Gonder, who eventually was my boss for seven, eight years in Cedar Rapids, was was my first radio job. Listen to him do games. And that's what I said I wanted to do. And I feel blessed to to be able now to tour the Big Ten to represent the University of Minnesota. Uh, what, what got you involved at a young age? What, what made you say, yep, I want to also be on the radio
2: I tell you I uh, thought it was the coolest job ever I really did for a long time and early on it felt like a way that I could stay involved be a part of, uh, of something because you know I, I was a sports guy growing up and you know I always prided myself on uh, my ability to know stats memorize rosters things like that and uh, I tell you I, I, I wanted to play I really did growing up I remember you know I was just a manager for some little league teams growing up. And, you know, one time the newspaper didn't print my name in the, the rosters, you know, growing up and, you know, that was heartbreaking for me. You know, I was just a manager and it it felt like a way I could, you know, stay involved. And as I, you know, went along, realized I had a talent for it, that it's something that I could pursue, could uh, could pursue farther as a career than I ever could as an athlete. Um, You know, I, I had some, some people that were wonderful to me that, I was very blessed to be able to meet, yourself included, that, you know, helped me, uh, you know, give this opportunity uh, to continue to, you know, enhance my craft and uh, and grow and climb the ladder. Um, So I've met some wonderful people along the way that helped make that childhood dream something real. And going back, you know, if, if I had my choice. I, I wouldn't change anything yeah. you know as, as things have turned out you know I'm, I'm really blessed I'm really thankful for how things have worked out
0: yeah what you and I first met was it 2018 or so or was it before mm-hmm. yeah about in that time frame you came up to a game from Storm Lake uh, to Williams Arena Minas- I remember it Minnesota and Iowa and um, uh, we I remember taking you around uh, I introduced you to Fran McCaffrey and Gary Dolphin our great buddy now who uh, is the Iowa radio announcer and um, and you got to meet those guys and chat with a little and then you were up, uh, I think you sat up at our radio spot for a minute or two, and I remember that. And then, uh, and you were you a student? Were you a high school or were you in Buena Vista at that time?
2: I was in college at the time, so that was my senior year of college. I was cold calling everybody I could find. I was going through directories for all these different leagues, different sports. I came across the Learfield General Managers Directory and sent an email to pretty much everybody I could find, you know, and. Most of them didn't respond. A few of them got back, said, thank you for your interest. We don't have anything right now. Greg Gerlock, of course, here is the wonderful guy he is, was kind of to reach out uh, back and say, uh, we don't have anything open right now, but would you be interested in a job shadow? We'd put you on with our guys for the uh, uh, Hawkeye game that's coming up tomorrow. And I jumped at the opportunity. So came up to Minneapolis the next day, skipped school in the process, and, you know, I I got to meet uh, you, Spencer, uh, Gary, and Bobby on the other broadcast, Fran McCaffrey, of course. Uh, Patino was the coach at the time, got to meet him. And I tell you, that was um, a big, big step forward into, you know, landing this position because when, uh, when our friend Corbu took off for St. Thomas and advanced his career there, uh, Greg remembered me and reached out, asked yeah. if this was something I'd be interested in. And everything kind of came full circle from there.
0: Yeah, amazing. And then, so from that point, you're at Buena Vista in Storm Lake, your hometown. See, I'm Iowa Conference too, Luther College. So I remember, I have cousins actually who went to Buena Vista and played basketball there back in the day. And um, from there, was it Michigan? You got your first job?
2: Yeah, so I uh, had a stop in Duluth uh, yeah. during the summer of 18. I went up there and did Northwoods League baseball. From there, I got my first full-time uh, year-round opportunity was with ESPN Radio's affiliate in Marquette, Michigan, the Upper Peninsula. And I tell you what, I was there for two years, loved it. Mar- Marquette and the UP just kind of has its own vibe, Yeah, uh, reminds me a lot of Minnesota in a lot of ways. And I tell you, that was the job that I, I just loved. I was hosting a daily show, doing some play-by-play, some work with Northern Michigan uh, University. It's a great hockey school out there. I loved it. You know, I had some cool guests on the show and met some cool people. Went to Craft Hockeyville uh, a few years ago when that uh, was doing its thing back in 2019. And it was a job I could have stayed at for a long time. You know, I I really, really loved my time up there. And I, I still miss the UP. I'm hoping to head back here before long, see some old friends. But of course, the world shut down. That job didn't survive COVID. And Um, You know, it was heartbreaking, but had an opportunity elsewhere. Uh, Took a front office, non-broadcast job in the United States Hockey League for a year. It was fine. It wasn't what I wanted to do going forward. Um, And had this opportunity, you know, and the opportunity with Sioux Falls after that. Um, you know, you're bouncing around between two cities during the year. I know there's some logistics that go to that, but I'm really thankful for how things worked out and where I am right now.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt. Well, you mentioned I wanted to ask you this, and you and I have never discussed this. So, uh, if if you don't want to discuss it, you don't have to. But um, you're right. I have noticed. You, you know, the, in your vision, you have to, you know, to see a score when you do the scores, and maybe mm-hmm. you know, you hold the phone up real close to your face. It's a retina issue. So, how? I guess I'm going to ask it as bluntly as I can how can you do this job with, you know, uh, it's amazing. I'm, I'm, I marvel at it all the time.
2: I really appreciate it. No, and you're right to ask it. Um, you know, this, the thing is I always use my phone. People ask, you know, why don't you use laptops for things like that? It's like, you know, it's phone. It's just easier to bring to your face for me. It always has been, um, you know, it's, it's just all I've ever known. It really is. You know, I, I see how people, you know, are supposed to read your phone and do everything. And, you know, it's just, it's all I've ever known. I've just kind of adapted that way. Uh, You know, you'll see me if I'm doing an indoor sport uh, using binoculars, you know, basketball, volleyball, I use binoculars all the time. It can make it a little more difficult when it's courtside. So it's another reason I appreciate that elevated view. Yeah. Um, but to me, you know, it just I've never known any difference just about adapting and doing what works to get the job
0: done. It's amazing, yeah. So, like, if you're doing volleyball, you'll have binoculars to call some of that action,
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I do my darndest uh prior to the broadcast, you know, to watch some old tape and uh, get an idea who's going to be playing what side of the floor, they're going to be a front row, back row player, um, you know, and just kind of get an idea of who could be playing where, what zones they typically come. And, you know, as you get to know these players, and I, I feel like I know our uh, gopher athletes pretty darn well, um, you see enough of them that you don't need the jersey number that, you know, you know who they are. But, um, you know, it, it's it's a challenge. Every game has its own set of challenges but i don't think that's any different uh for somebody you know who can see as you're supposed to i think every broadcast comes with challenges and it's just it's some i've you know just uh just found ways to deal with over the years it's
0: such an amazing thing it really is and and tip of the cap because you got a bright future for sure and um you know to fight through some of the stuff you have and to be able to be here in minnesota the place where you mentioned you literally you know you're on a table and they're operating on your heart uh it's pretty amazing
2: it really is and again i just i can't say enough about how much it means to me to be here you know this is a special school this this always has been a second home for me minneapolis you know i've got plenty of family around here we'd uh come up for christmas and what have you and you know some of the most influential people in my career you know are are right here within the minneapolis market um this just you know this is home for me it really is so we'll keep that iowa blood in us what have you and maybe keep that to ourselves when needed but uh, but no, this is home for me, and I, I I love being here and being a part of what we have.
0: Yeah, we love having you, man, and we will see you Saturday uh, for football when the Golden Gophers uh, play host to Colorado. People will hear you Thursday when the Golden Gopher volleyball team's on the radio taking on Pepperdine, and then you've got the game after football. You're going to hightail it over to Maturi Pavilion, and it's Minnesota and Wazoo, and you'll have all the home matches all year long, the Varsity Network app, also uh, KFAN Plus here locally in the Twin Cities. Hey, thanks for coming on the podcast Let's Let's do it again a few weeks down the road. Hey, appreciate you, Mike. Always great talking to you. My thanks to the voice of Gopher Volleyball Tanner Hoops and what an incredible life journey and inspiring story. Hope you enjoyed that. Also props to Minnesota quarterback Tanner Morgan for offering his inside insight to us here on the Go Gopher podcast, episode number 36. The Go Gopher podcast is sponsored by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. Again, we welcome our new partner, affinity plus federal credit union, your local credit union throughout the state of Minnesota. And we're also sponsored by state farm agent, Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts and please be sure to subscribe to the Go for podcast right now. It's free to listen at any time. Please also share the link on your social media channels so others can also listen. We'll talk again next week.